Welcome to The Engaging Life, a podcast about using engagement equity to improve your relationship building skills in your personal and professional life. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Suba and Angela Cheney. How you doing, Brandon? You know, uh, my hair is back to the normal balance. So for all of our long-term listeners, because we have so many, uh, I had a bad haircut. It was It's about two months ago now. Or no, three mm. that I've been riding out the bad haircut. And I grew it out. And I had I had a hairy mullet is what my hair was as of yesterday. But now it is all back to normal. It's all cut the way I like Aren't it. Aren't all mullets hairy? No, you shave the sides. Like a, a mullet. See, but I had the sides grow out. And so it, I had all the hair going back here. I had the party in the back, but I didn't. I, but I grew it out on your the side. Your party wasn't very good. It didn't even reach your collar. It, well, bad party. You know what? I'm not a party guy. Yeah, that's, Brandon's not a party. Guy. And if you, if you want to <laughs> see the final saga of the hair, I don't know. I I, I probably won't talk about it ever again. Wink. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you want to see, check out the YouTube channel here on the Engaging Life Podcast. We're here for you. We're here for you. So is Brandon's hair. It's here so for you. So is my hair. Mm-hmm. It's hair for you. It's hair for you. Wow. Let's let's move on here. Uh, quickly, because <laughs> we've already lost a lot of viewership. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about curiosity. And just so all of our listeners know, we already talked about this once. And uh, it didn't work. Uh, Did we had a SD card issue. And we got through the majority of it. And uh, had to stop recording and... We're doing it again. Decided to do it again rather than suddenly pop in at the last five minutes in different outfits. The, and hair, obviously. And hair. <laughs> Figured that would uh, disturb our viewers. <laughs> so we're doing it over. But okay. um, I love talking about curiosity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's obviously one of the major components of uh, engagement equity. It's one of the power players. And, uh, and it's the way you learn. It's, it's mm-hmm. the way you figure things out. And it's, it's so natural in kids, you know, yep. they, they just ask everything. Why is the sky blue? Why is a turtle slow? You know, and we, <laughs> and we just lose it, you know, as we get older, a lot of the times we just lose it because I mean, multiple reasons, maybe, you know, we asked our parents questions when we were kids and they're like, shut up and leave me alone. Oh, and I thought you were going to say, and we already know it all. Because I think a lot of us already know it all. I was going to say, either we have been uh, shown, you know, kids should be uh, seen and not heard. Mm. You know, Mm. we're we're kind of uh, taught not to ask a lot of questions. Or it could be that, oh, I know, I'm 35 years. Yeah, I'm 35 years old. Let's go with that. We're both 35. 35. Uh, I'm X number of years old and I already (laughs) know everything. There's no more to know. I mean, there's... Tons of reasons why, mm-hmm. but uh, but none of them are good. No. None of them are good enough. Do you think so. the instant gratification of knowledge also eliminates curiosity? Because if I want to know why the sky is blue and I Google it, boom, I have my answer. I don't go any further. Where I feel if you need to ask people, then a conversation could happen. Correct. And, and another big one is a lot of people equate asking questions with being dumb. You know, if I ask something, it means I don't know it already. And (laughs) 
I'm you sure know, nobody knows anyone like that. No, I hate it when you say things and I'm like, oh, damn it. That's oh, me. Oh, shit. That's me. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, this isn't our after hours one. So. Nope. It is Friday. Lock it up, lady. Lock it up. 10 a.m. So why does curiosity matter? Uh, I want to I wanna come out swinging here with a Dalai Lama quote. <laughs> oh, I knew that was coming. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wonder why. When you talk, you are only repeating what you already know. But if you listen, you may learn something new. I just love that. I mean, I it's so too. obvious when you say it, but, but when you really think about that, we have our mouths running so much of the time. Mm-hmm. You can't learn anything new from yourself because you already know it. <laughs> so when you're blah, 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 or... That, know, that doesn't is that the chicken dance? Is that the chicken dance? Yeah, but okay, so... Once anyway. again, another reason you check out the YouTube channel, yeah. she was doing the little flappy with the hands mm-hmm. there. Uh, when you're doing that, you simply are not learning anything. Or listening. Yeah, you're trying to teach other people things or whatever it is you're trying to do. But you have no chance of learning something new. It's when you stop, close your mouth, open your ears, that's when the learning happens. Mm-hmm. So, um, I love that quote. I think you should print it out and put it on your forehead. I wow, tattoo it. There you go. There We're you go. Feeling feisty here this morning. Yes. So curiosity, what it really is when it boils down to it, is simply being interested. It's and, just being interested. And what's my favorite quote? Uh, to be interesting, you must be interested. Not exactly how I say it. Close enough, though. <laughs> I actually have that quote later in my show. Thank you for jumping the gun and stealing all my thunder. Man, I am ruining this show today. Yeah, we should just quit and go home. Nope. We're going to finish it for the viewers. <laughs> Thank you and the listeners. And the listeners. So one of the books that I recommend to a lot of people, it's a great book to listen to. Um, you know, I, mm. I read a lot. And I listen to some books in the car, but there, um, I don't, uh, there are many books that I would prefer to read. This yeah. is a good one to listen to. It's called The Desire to Know and Why Your Future Depends on It. And it's by uh, Leon Leslie. And I think he's English, Scottish, some, something fun like that. <laughs> Not from the States. But um, in this book, he distinguishes different types of curiosity, which I thought was really interesting because... You know, most of the time you think curiosity is curiosity, right? Right. Wrong. So. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing new. Wrong. Uh, The most common type and the type that is especially common in this day and age with uh, social media and uh, clickbait and Mm. reality shows, all of that, is a diversive curiosity. And this is the attraction to everything novel or new. So this is the latest oh. celebrity gossip, what's trending on Twitter. And, uh, and this is just surface level curiosity. And most people have that. And it's not necessarily a great thing <laughs> unless you take it a step further. Now, you need diversive curiosity to get to the deeper stages because you have to be at first have the shiny new, ooh, that's cool. Ooh, I want to know more about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, for a lot of people, it never goes any further. I was going to say, it, it, because then just becomes a distraction. Right? right, like that. The well, sur- I like the, the surface level distractions. Yeah, and then it's the next shiny thing. Yeah, you know, because if you go to the next level, you can't. Oh, that, 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 that. You have to stop and go deeper into one thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and our brains are kind of getting wired to not do that. I wonder why. Yeah. So the next level is epistemic 
curiosity. And this is the quest for knowledge. It makes you want to go deep and learn everything about a subject. So you need number one to go to number two, but most of the time you can stop at number one and just, you just keep going number one and never go to number two. That is not cause at all major what I health issues. Not a, yeah, go to the doctor. But um, so this is, and, and not to brag, but, uh, but I do this a lot. I'll get, I call it going down the rabbit hole, yep. which sounds negative, but it's actually a positive because I go really deep into this epistemic curiosity. I'm like, ooh, I'm really interested. And I remember in the first show I talked about this intermittent fasting, you know, and I'm not just like, okay, I'm just going to skip a meal and that's all I'm going to do. And I'm never going to learn anything more about it. <laughs> Part, I think, of the reason why I go deeper is because have, we've talked about the four tendencies before. Correct. Gretchen Rubin um, writes about the four tendencies, uh, rebel, questioner, upholder, and of course I'm going to forget the last one. Um, I think that's the one I fit into. Uh, yeah. So I am a, it's, it's basically the way that you you deal with the world. If you're an upholder, it means that you're, see, that they're two very similar. One means that you are doing things to uh, fulfill other people's expectations. Okay. So if, if somebody expects you to be at a networking event, you would go every time. Got it. Because you are, I believe, is an upholder. Uh, the other one that I can't remember means that you're responsible to yourself. So if you tell yourself, Brandon, you're going to this oh. networking event, you'll do it to fulfill your own expectations. And that's the one so I'm they're very, not very similar. Good at. And then there's the questioner, which is what I am, which is I'm not going to do what you tell me to do unless I understand it to a level that I realize it's for my benefit. Okay. So um, I will question things and question things until I'm like, oh, okay, I see the point of that. Now I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And then the rebel is, I don't care if you tell me, you know, the best thing in the world for me. I'm not going to do it because you told me to. Right. So, so I am a questioner. And so like, you know, stay on intermittent fasting. Okay, that seems like an interesting idea, but I'm not just going to think it's a good idea until I learn everything I can about it. And once I get to that point, okay, this makes sense. Now I'm going to try it. So I'm, I'm halfway there. Like I like to know enough on how to do things that I can participate, mm -hmm. but I don't know if there's anything that I really have like, oh, Brandon's so good at that, that you, that, you know, you golf, I'm thinking golf in my head. Okay. Like, I can golf. Okay. <laughs> And I thought I was getting better and I played nine the other day and I'm not, but, but I can golf. Okay. So I can be in golf scrambles. I can be in a foursome and do 18. I can make that, but no one is going to say, man, Brandon's really good at golf. Now that is a practice thing. Not necessarily a, a curiosity. curiosity thing. Okay, but, thing. but I wouldn't practice unless I had the curiosity of True. interest in it. True. Right. And, and yeah. I golf was just cause it's a hot topic for me, but um, that's kind of a mastery thing. Well, then I guess I do a lot of things. <laughs> what is it? Jack. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, that's me. Hey, oh, and that's, that's absolutely, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um, but epistemic curiosity is that going deeper. I want to understand everything I can about a subject Okay. and it's not all that common these days, mm -mm. but it's there. Um, and, and again, a lot of it is people want to act like the authority on things, on as many things as possible, which you can't do if you go deep into this episode, because it takes time and energy, and you don't have time to learn about all this other stuff. Right. 
So, so that's a reason people don't do it as well. And then epistemic curiosity leads to the third, which is empathic curiosity, which is the same thing only for people rather than a subject. Okay. So it means, Brandon, you know, diversive curiosity means, hey, what do you do? Where, you know, where's your family from? That means I'm, I'm curious, mm-hmm. but on a very, very surface level. But then when I get to know you, but now it starts to be, let's have a drink and talk about your childhood or your relationship with your wife. And these are very girly things that we would talk about. Um, but, but I start to be more interested in you as a person because now we're becoming friends and the relationship has gotten deeper. Do you find that it's not always an equal street where you're going into the deeper curiosity, but then the person you're talking to doesn't really go deeper? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, is, that has happened to me several times. And, and that is, I think some people can be pretty good friends with others without going deep, without mm-hmm. probably dudes a lot more than, you know, that's not true because it, it probably happens to me more than it happens to my husband. Well, and, the, reason, the reason I bring it up is I'm in a Bible study and there's a guy that I'm really getting to know well in there. And he was like, hey, let's get coffee sometime. So we got coffee. And he sits down and he goes, honestly, the reason I set this up is because minus your job, I don't really know much about you. And I feel I'm an open book. I mean, I mean, if you listen to the eight years of podcasting I've done, I share tons of personal stories in it. But I guess I didn't realize in our weekly Bible study, like I didn't share that stuff. And the, But the stories you share, and I don't mean this as any sort of... Um, insult i don't take anything as the, insult the stories you share are pretty surface level see which, I don't... which as they should be there's no reason no reason on god's green earth my, my husband <laughs> always gets mad at me for saying that. he's like why do you say that anyway uh it's just a natural natural saying there's no reason you should be sharing your deep stuff with a podcast audience you know or with any random joe in you know, when you really get into this empathic curiosity, you're saving stuff for the people who really matter. That's how I see it. Okay. And because if I am around someone and I hear them telling all their deep, dark secrets to everyone who comes near them, I don't, I don't feel like I've earned, they have not earned the right to hear those stories. Mm-hmm. So it's called, um, it's not spotlighting. Gaslighting? It's not gaslighting. I know Liz says I do that from um, time to time. <laughs> it's another it's a Brene Brown term, but basically it's um trying to hotwire connection by going too deep too soon. And, and as I'm going too deep too soon to make our connection stronger. Like cuz you're the one inquiring mm-hmm. and I'm the one like you don't even need to ask. Let me tell you. But again, you could be telling surface stuff. This it's not my wife's cheating on me and I've got a spot that I think might be cancer. I mean, that's when you're giving away too much information. It's not, let me tell you about my job. That's all normal stuff that nobody you talk has about, to right? earn the right to hear that. That is just your normal stories. I'm talking about the deep stuff. See, I don't, I guess where this is all going is I don't know what the deep stuff is then. Cause I feel what some people probably say service. That's like, Deep. I, I think my life's more boring. Maybe you're just not deep. <laughs> I know. I think my life is more boring than I've ever given credit to. You know, I, I'm sure you've got your... It's the stuff you share with your wife. It's the, I'm sure you, there's stuff you share with your wife and your best friend that you don't share with every yeah. random person. It's probably going to have this because of as much networking as I do. If I was like just opening everything up, probably wouldn't have any friends. Yeah. We wouldn't be friends. No, no, I don't like that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, and people... 
have have done that to me. And I was like, and we're done. And we're done. So here's my quote that you said earlier. So it doesn't really matter. No, it Uh, does. Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people to be interested. You have to be interested and Mm. you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years of trying to get other people interested in you. And that's because everybody's favorite subject is themselves. themselves. And no matter if you think that I am 10 times more interesting than this person, so I should tell them (laughs) that person would almost always rather talk about themselves, even the shy ones, you know, Mm. they just need to be brought out. And, and they're probably the ones who would take it the best because nobody's bothered to do it. Yep. Uh, but we keep trying to be interesting for a few different reasons. Number one, it's human nature. I mean, that's everyone since the dawn of time has only been able to see life through their own lens. It's just how we are <laughs> that set is a up. Fact. And, you know, and we like to say, well, walk a mile in his shoes. You can't. Mm-mm. You know, as much as you can try to uh to have empathy to try and see it from their perspective you just you can't you will never ever ever understand another person's journey thoughts feelings how they see the world you will never fully understand it not even the person in the world closest to you you will never understand it because you don't think the same way you haven't had the same experiences etc etc so of course when we see things through our own lens we want to talk about how we see things. We want to talk about what we feel. We want to, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, when you're talking about those things, you're not learning anything. But when I talk about how do you see this, tell me about your journey. How does how do you react to this? Now I'm learning. Uh, the uh, the word, the phrase I try to use more and and do horrible at it is tell me more. Yes. And then that three that, of the most powerful words. And I'm horrible at it. Tell me more. I'm ready to tell you, you more just, about me. Yeah, I know. And and that's a lot of it too. It is when you start talking, what what you're normally trying to do is find a connection with someone. Mm-hmm. And the way a lot of us think of it is once they say something that we, oh, I've read that book. Oh, I've been to that city. Oh, I think the same way. We think we have to tell them about that connection. Yep. So that we can connect. When really what they're probably thinking is, hey, thanks for hijacking the conversation, dude. Or the one-upper. The I, one-upper. Mm-hmm. I despise one-uppers, yet I'm sure I am one often. And I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. My story's better. My sickness was worse. <laughs> you know, all all of that. I think we've all been guilty <sighs> of that. Yeah. It's like you think a, you think a relationship is a competition. Yeah. <laughs> Todd and I will do that sometimes. And we will just be like, look at each other, one-upper. Yep. Thanks, one upper. <laughs> thunder gone or storm? No, thunder. Yeah, stole my thunder. Yep, yeah, thunder gone. Yeah, it's just like mm-hmm, Wait, one and up. Uh, another reason why we do it is because being curious and going deeper is hard work, and it mm-hmm. takes time. And and you can't do it with everyone. I mean, if you tried to develop this empathic curiosity for everyone, oh yeah, I, I mean it's it's impossible. You know, when you're getting your groceries checked out and they say, "Hey, how you doing today? I'm good. You." <laughs> You know, if you stopped and tried to get to know this person, not Every only time. would everyone behind you hate you, but you'd never get out of the store, and you'd never get to go on with your life. So you have to pick the people. You have to choose. But it's especially when, you know, say you're doing a one-on-one. You are with that person for the next hour. you got nothing else to do, even though you might think you do. You might think you have to look at your phone or plan your next meeting or whatever. <laughs> you're really sitting there for an hour with that person. Why not take that hour to learn more about them. Right. 
but most of us take that hour to tell more about ourselves. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, the, honestly, the best one-on-ones, in my opinion, is where it ends up being kind of 50-50. I agree with that. I agree with mm-hmm. that. And it's, it's hard because of all the things we preach, it shouldn't be 50-50. Right. You should have questions that you're prepared to ask them and then listen to their answers and then ask questions on top of that. But I have put myself mentally in the other seat and I'm like, you know what? If you're 100% interested in me, I didn't learn anything about you. Now my hour's gone. Right. And, and I have been in that situation. I had a friend that never (laughs) became more of a friend because that's what happened every time she has asked me questions and she never revealed anything about herself, which at first it was flattering. But then I'd be like, I know nothing about this person. Mm-hmm. She knows everything about me. Uh, oh, I have a question. Did her compliments mean less and less uh, as you continued your friendship? She, it wasn't compliments. It was just asking questions. Oh, okay. And learning more. We, we have a friend, very super compliment. Like you will feel like the best person in the world but you know nothing about them. Mm-hmm. And at first, very flattering. Of I'm course, like, heck yeah. yeah, I'm amazing at this. And then afterwards, I'm like, you know, I don't know. Like, if you compliment all the time, it's really not a compliment anymore. And I don't know enough yeah. about you. Like, is to this authentic? Yeah. 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 The other thing is you come out of those situations. I come out of those situations feeling kind of bad about myself. Like, I didn't ask her anything. Yes. Oh, well, yep. You know, I did a really poor job. I just talked about myself the whole time. And so that's not a comfortable situation to be in either. Mm-hmm. So really it is, and, and it should happen naturally. I just I just made a new friend this past weekend. <laughs> oh, you did? I did. Like for real? I, for real. Well, congratulations. Yes, thank you. It was very exciting. But uh, but that's how it, I mean, a little of it, of course, you. it was, I mean, we were in a situation where we were at lunch together. We'd never been alone together ever. Could have been extremely awkward. So yeah. there was a little bit of that. I finished talking. She asked the same question. You know, there was a little bit of that, but it ended up turning in so natural. And at the end of it, I think we both came out of it, hopefully. Maybe she hates me. I don't know. Uh, she's listening to this podcast. Yeah, you, you're like, missing a good friend opportunity. Uh, came out of it knowing equal parts about each other. And mm-hmm. I kind of tested her, too. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't like, I am going to test her to see if she is a good friend. <laughs> But uh, something had happened the night before. Um, oh, Todd and I had gotten in a fight. And so it's, it was the most ridiculous. I honestly think our fight was about the Irish potato famine. We, we call those discussions mm-hmm. in my family. No, it, it turned into a fight. So uh, Irish potato Irish famine? potato famine. And he was just, he was hurt about something else that I'd done earlier in the day. And so wasn't going to listen to anything I had to say. And of course. started talking about British oppressors and... Not went downhill from there, but uh, yeah, we had to fight about the Irish potato famine, but That's cool. these are the things we fight about. These are. Uh, so, and I had, and I knew that she had gotten in a fight with her husband the night before too, because Todd had told me. And so it was almost a, you know, we started out with the small talk, blue, blah, 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 and, and it naturally got to that. And I was just like, oh yeah, Todd and I got in a fight about, and it was kind of one of those, let's see if she's going to tell me. Yeah. I know she did. Yep. You know, it's like if she holds that back when I told her this, that's not good. That's not good news. And she did. She was like, oh, yeah, Spencer and I got in a fight. Oh, yeah. And her, I mean, they were both the stupidest. You know how marriage fights, if they're not real fights, you know, they're the next day you're just like, Hers was, uh, he got off the elevator before her and didn't leave her with a key or something like that. And I mean, this this was at a wedding where there was 
copious amounts of drinking going on. Sure. So, you so know. emotions were flying. And, yeah, he probably didn't even know she was in the elevator. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those, it's like, okay, we're both kind of willing to go to the same level at the same time. Mm-hmm. Neither of it was, blah, I just told you way too much and you didn't, you know. It right. was a very balanced I don't want to say equal because that sounds tip for tat. It was very balanced in the way that we shared. And I think when, so with your little test, when it, you know, merged well, yeah, then you can kind of back off on this interested, interesting thing. Yeah. When it's flowing well, then yes. I just stopped. I, you just stop worrying about it because it just happens. Yes. I think what's common is it doesn't flow well, and then you either try to recover uh-huh. over by, by over, and if you can see my hands, I'm, I don't really I'm know swerving. what this is, uh, but you over recover or, and, and this is, this is me personally. I start talking about myself because I just can't get something out of the other person. Yeah. Like it's just, you're not going to share sometimes a story. I have a hundred. So let's go lady. Yep. Sometimes you're just talking to Philip. Yes. Air. Yep. Yeah. And and I've done that before too. We're sitting like this relationship isn't going to go any deeper. Mm-hmm. We can either sit or I can just talk. And sometimes and that's, that's what and happens. Sometimes that's what happens. So let's talk about another reason why curiosity matters. I've got a study here that I want to read, and I think it's fascinating because not only does curiosity help you connect more with others, it makes you smarter. Ooh. Okay, so there's an interesting study that looked at how curiosity worked in the classroom. I don't know why I'm talking so fast. I think I've had too much coffee this morning. Have you? Too much is... That's not really a thing when it comes to coffee with me and wine. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Here, I'll give you a minute story. to bring yourself down. I uh, we're reading Spookly, the Square Pumpkin at night. That sounds fantastic. Kind of, it, it is. There's a there's a show on it. The book and show. Are I said, listen, I'm going to drink more different coffee. as you should. Mm. And um, so last night, I I didn't want to read it, so I told Charlotte, I was like, I'm going to read this as fast as I can, and I got this cadence going. You and I, went, I huh? don't have a member, but even when I would make a little mistake, it was still flying. And I got to the fourth page and I could see she wasn't tired at all. I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do this as fast. I, yeah. but it was kind of cool that I could. So there, I give you a minute to, to I've got a friend who listens to book on, book oh, on tape at, nope, at one and a half say. times the, so she can get through them quicker. I'm just like, have you ever done the one and a half times slower? No, if I you haven't ever, done either. If you ever have an, a, a person like the author somebody that you really like their voice uh my experience was dr ivan meisner founder of me and i <laughs> we were bored in a long drive so we put it on super slow and i don't care who it is they sound like they're high as i'll get out and remind me never to go oh on a gosh, long drive so with funny. you i'd probably kill it's you. i'm an entertaining person i like <laughs> trivia on long drives too so that's a little more about Brandon Suba, if you were curious. Mm-hmm. All right. Was that a good segue? Did you that bring was, it down a notch? I, I think so. Okay. I'll slow it down here. Okay. So this was in the classroom. It basically stated that when a teacher was able to get their students curious about something, it triggered a release of the feel-good hormone dopamine in their brains. Not only that, but as soon as the curiosity was triggered, it meant that the students retained the information they learned at a much higher rate, which I think is, I mean, that's not all that mind-blowing to me. You're interested in something, so you remember facts about it more. That's not all that interesting. It's the next part. 
They not only retained the information they learned on the subjects they were curious about, but they also retained more information on the boring stuff that they learned before and after hmm. as well. So the article went into more depth in the study, um, and the implications were that you're just hearing more and retaining more when you spark the curiosity. Hmm. And, and it doesn't even have to be what you're curious about. You know, it's the other stuff that happens too. So if you can just spark that, you're smarter. So uh, I just, I was trying to translate that into like a presentation situation, right? Because if you're teaching, you're teaching your children. But I've sat through presentations that I was very bored and that I've sat through that I was like intrigued the whole time. Is, is that another piece of why you should start with questions? Sure. Because yeah. then you're building the curiosity. And then when you go down the roller coaster of, here's all the information I brought today, you've already got them um, sparked with that curiosity. Yeah. Interesting. Yep, yep absolutely. Hmm. So now let's talk a little bit about marketing because technically that's what I'm always supposed to be talking Hey-o! about. I rarely do. So why do you need curiosity in marketing? <laughs> I'm going to talk about the whys in this one. And then in my follow-up, we're going to talk about the house. Oh, this is a two-parter, isn't this it? This is a two-parter. This is a two-parter. That's it's actually right. a three-parter for us. We're on. But the first one's a redo. That's okay. <laughs> so the first reason is you need to get curious to identify your target market. Mm. Okay. So if you're, you know, selling, you should have a, a type of person. We call it the either the avatar or the persona uh, that you're trying to sell to and try and get to know that person oh, that I represents see. the group. That you're trying to sell to. And if you're not curious about them, what are their pain points? What do they need? How can we fix it? Then you can't sell to them. And I think it's very common that salespeople just go out and sell. Mm-hmm. I have a product. You're a living Everyone person. Needs it. You need it. Mm-hmm. Boom. I uh, tell you the truth, one of my least favorite lines ever in networking groups, especially with a visitor, is I can help uh, every single person mm-hmm. in this room with my product and service. Right. It's like, eh, no. no. When you sell to everyone, you sell to... No one. Yeah. Everybody wants to feel special. They want to feel like you have really gotten to know me mm-hmm. and what I need and you're interested in me as a person and boom, you have something that's perfect for me. Right. I don't want to be sold something that is good for everyone. I'm not everyone. I'm Angie. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Anyway, uh, the second reason you need curiosity to walk in someone else's shoes, as we said earlier, you can't actually right. ever walk in someone else's shoes, but you can give it a whirl and you can at least have the empathy to kind of know broadly how they see the world and their place in it. And, and that helps you sell to them. And, and we're not saying this to be, you're selling people Selfie. something they don't need and that no. they can't afford. You know, your sales can be helpful. Yeah, it's sale. You're still yeah. selling. It's, there's so many different ways to sell, and and I I know people are scared to use the word because no one wants to be sold to. I don't I don't care if if someone buys a product from you, you sold them in some way, shape, or form. Correct. So Correct. it's uh, it's gonna exist forever. Daniel Pink's book "Selling Is Human" is fantastic Ooh, because it is. It's all about you know we don't have to feel guilty or shameful about selling. It's become an mm. ugly word. But it's not. It's human nature. We, you know, even if we're not in sales, you're selling yes. at all times. I, I'm trying to sell my husband on the fact that we should go to the casino tonight. Did you hear that, Todd? Hey, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good for him. You know. <laughs> that means this is going to come out on a Thursday. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> go to Thurs- the casino on Thursdays, like you never have. Um. Well, I've been to Vegas many times I on am, a week. So. I am not sure there is one day of the week that I've not been to the casino. 
I, I don't mean... No, I know. Like, this month, <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> most of that was vacation. I don't go up to Council Bluffs on a Monday. That's, that's not true either. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> you need to understand your other, your target market. You need to have curiosity about them so you can craft the perfect marketing message. And, and this is where uh, we see our clients fail mm-hmm. a lot, is they create a brand and a business for themselves oh. rather than for the people they're trying to sell to. So, you know, they're, they're saying all the things that, that they like that make them feel good about themselves. Mm. But when it comes down to it, they're not solving the pain points. They're not saying this is why our stuff is good for you. They're just saying this is why we're so wonderful. Got it. And, and so and you see that on their websites, you know, where it's all <laughs> about them. It's your website should not be about you. Your website should be about your customers mm-hmm. and what you can do for them. And, uh, and a lot of people don't get that because, again, it's all human nature. We want to talk about ourselves. And right. we think if we can show them how much experience we have, if we can show them how much education we have, of course they're going to buy from us. We're the best. Not uh, the way it works. And that, that is why I never have liked the, uh, the saying, people buy from friends. Friends, right, was that? People don't buy things... I have never heard that saying. What? No, because the whole thing is like, if you can make a friend, I, I used to do one hour consultations for countertops and they're like, if you can make a friend in an hour, you'll make the sale. And I'm thinking to myself, A, there were some people that I wanted to be friends with and, and I'm like, well, you literally invited me into your home, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to pursue that. But I don't, I don't feel that's true because have you ever had a friend use somebody else and not you? Mm, yes. Yeah. So and I, we've done it. It's, and then we, so to me, it's not that the friendship made the sale. It was you uh, created an environment that that person wanted to buy from you. Yeah. And, and to be likable is different from making a friend. Yes. I think it's more be likable, become someone they want to buy from. Mm-hmm. More so than if it goes into friend territory... I think that kills any sale. I do too. Nobody wants to do business with a good friend no. because there's so many pitfalls. What well, if you have, what if it, they're mad? What if they have an issue? What if they, what if, what if? And it's, uh, it's hard to hold your friends accountable. Absolutely. And then that comes from customer side to consumer, right? That is consumer, consumer to sales side. Uh, if we are now friends, you may not ask the questions or challenge me on the product or yeah. service. And and then I see this in networking groups. Well, we can't kick them out because they're a client of mine. Yeah. It's like, well, oh, yeah. you it can gets, still it kick gets them out. It's very icky. Mm-hmm. Um, reason number four, when you are interested in your prospects and customers, they feel valued. So that was what I was saying earlier. I'm not everyone. I'm Angie. Mm-hmm. If, if I feel that you value Angie and Angie's uniqueness, and what, then I'm a lot more likely to buy from you. Right. So... And then the last one, when you're curious about those you sell to, you can refine your products and services. So if you have a fluid, you know, and you realize this is your niche and what you're selling ain't quite doing it, <laughs> you can adjust. Right. You know, at, at one point we were selling some stuff we had no business selling because we started our business and it was, oh, you need this? Yes, we can do that. Yep. And we couldn't do that. So a good example is people will come to us and they want a PR. We want to get, you know, our our uh, press release into all the the big news sites and we want to get, you know, a camera crew here for blah, blah, blah. And as soon as I start hearing those words, I'm like, we are not a PR company. Oh, yeah. I can do a, a little bit of coaching because I worked at a magazine. So right. but we had our own, we put the press releases only in our magazine. They were written different than, you know, a traditional press release. So, you know, 
we are not a PR company, and if we took your money for doing PR, we are doing you a huge disservice. Got it. And so you can say that if, if most of our clients needed PR services, maybe we would have changed into a PR company, but they didn't. Right. You know, once we, we got down to it, it's like they needed websites, they needed social media marketing, they needed lead gen. So we were able to, and we, I shouldn't say we, Dan, <laughs> is very good about <laughs> continually changing up, you know, not completely, but adding these services, tweaking based on what he hears our customers saying they need. Yeah. As long yeah. as it's still in our wheelhouse and it's what we're doing, it falls under the Pixel Fire brand. Right. We can continually refine our services. And you can't do that unless you're curious and asking people, what do you need? What do you want? What are you not getting from the old company you came from? Et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Well, and I think in marketing too, on your side, you have to be curious about a lot of different things. And that's why I was very fortunate with all the networking I did as I learned when in 10 minute presentations. I learned about a lot of different industries mm -hmm. and I was able to relate to them when we talked about referrals because it was curiosity of, okay, surface, I understand you're trying to get client A, B, and C. Tell me how you make client prospect A turn into client B. And then I can translate that into ask people this then, yeah. and that will be, or teach them to say this when they're in front of that client. And that's when the referrals will start coming in stronger. Yeah. Well, that's all I had on, uh, on First part. the why curiosity matters mm -hmm. in your personal life, in learning, in relationships, and in marketing. In part two, we will go into how, how Ooh. to use these tips and tricks to make your business better, to make your relationships better, all the good stuff. So speaking of how, how do you give a review? You go on to the Google <laughs> and you give us five stars. Or the 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 Facebook the face uh, anywhere oh, you know what was that the UB two B did we yeah we did have UB two B last last episode um, no we do like five stars we like reviews comments throw a comment uh, even if you just say hey say my name on the air we might can't promise it because Joe Lee did Joe leave us a message no maybe uh, Joe will now though. maybe Joe will now so anyways uh, yeah we love reviews uh, we love likes shares. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Thanksgiving. Subscribe. Subscribe. Oh, I guess that's a big one. That's a big Subscribe. one. Subscribe. Yes. Yeah, so you Subscribe. never miss a show. So thank you very much for either listening, watching, or both. I suppose if you're watching, you're probably listening. It's, It'd be it, really weird if they were just watching this and had it on mute. But uh, thank you for listening and watching, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>